Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm a ninth grader, home alone. I'm single Shane. It's one S, one H, one A, single N, and an E. Shane. (laughs) Welcome to episode 183, Royal Rumble 1996. You've been warned. Ooh. By who? I don't know. By that guy. Yeah, by me? I'll warn myself. That, that, that guy over there. That guy. All right. Maybe the guy on the ring. I don't know. Under the ring. Maybe it was the fink. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe facial hardware or something. Who knows? <laughs> it was a, a floating facial appliance. <laughs> so this is the ninth annual Royal Rumble produced by the WWF. It would take place on January 21st, 1996 from the Selland Arena in Fresno, California. My ninth birthday. With an attendance of 9,600 people. I imagine that whatever arena in Fresno couldn't have been that big. They don't have a sports team. The sports team was near where I lived. Yeah. Which team was that? Sacramento, Sacramento Kings. Kings. Oh, that's right. Mitch Richmond, brother. That's, yeah. all we, that's all we had back then. We Mitch, lost a lot. Mitch Richmond. Mitch Richmond. Fun name to say. Wasn't it the DMC? Run DMC? Kings, I don't know. With, uh... <laughs> Run DMC is... It was a whole... Oh. There was three players that... Um. And it was Mitch Richmond... Oh, it was Run TMC. It was Tim Hardaway, Mitch Richmond, and Chris Mullen. Oh, uh, and... You when, know, they play, when they played together for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, yeah, because Mitch Richmond just kind of stayed on the Kings forever and was just a star player on a bad team for a long time. And I don't know that he ever really had any... I knew Mitch Richmond was in the group. Yeah, yeah. Just... I, I had no idea, honestly. I just know Mitch Richmond as like the one star player of a, of a team that never popped off until like the 2000s. Uh, like... The Kings have never popped off. They had a moment with Mike Bibby and Vadi mm, Divock. No, no. Yes, no, they had a moment. Those aren't real people. It was exciting for me. I yeah. enjoyed it. Mark, who? Mike, Mike Bibby. Bibby? Mike Bibby and Vadi Divock. The Vladi Kings made they, they made it to some playoffs for the first time ever. It happened. They made the playoffs. It mm. happened. You ever watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? It happened. Mac is talking about these sports people and it's just, nobody knows who the hell they are. That's kind of how I feel right I now. mean, yeah, you should feel that way. But um, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I just remember that it was kind of exciting because I moved here and then the Kings like got okay for a moment. I mean, I guess they were okay in like 02 and 03. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I moved about. here and OU started winning national championships. Go the fuck away, bro. Yeah. So <laughs> bad because I moved away and Nebraska didn't win another uh-huh. one after I left. It's you. Hmm? Maybe. The corn, the corn Huskers oh. curse. Shane Britton. Hey, oh, oh, hey. Don't put that evil on me. It's people up in Nebraska can get crazy. So can people in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> but we are in California. Not you, all those other states. We are. So, I mean, Shane probably brought us something delicious. I think I kind of did this time. Here we are. 
Uh, we're back in California. I don't believe we've done one of these before, but if we did before, this one is so good so. that I don't remember the other one. I don't one. think we have. So I did what I do, where I look up you know, what foods are popular in the area of the show. I actually was just in California last week. And I really wish I could have brought some of the stuff that I had from there. Cause it looked delicious. Oh, really? Where were you? Fucking insane. Uh, Santa Monica. That's funny. A friend of mine that you know was just in Santa Cruz. Aww. Like, he just came back the other day. I don't know how close I thought they he are looked a little tan when he walked in the kitchen a little <laughs> bit ago. Uh-huh. Warmed up a bit. <laughs> yeah, he kept put, posting pictures, and I was like... Um, just, just a reminder, bro, but uh, we're going to California here soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure uh, they don't have food as good in Fresno. I don't know. As it's in cause... the valley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, email me a sandwich. Yeah, I had some awesomeness when I was out there. I ate pretty much everywhere, everything at all times that we could because I was there on a quote-unquote work trip for research and relaxation. We ate all kinds of stuff, steaks, veggies, salads, breakfasts, submarine sandwiches, awesome burgers, had a few different like 10 to 12 course dinners. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, it was just I ridiculous. A, I love a course meal of small to, plates. Yeah, to the point where I didn't know if I was eating because I was hungry or if it's just because it was there. It was there. I had to try it. You're on vacation. Your stomach's bigger. <laughs> yeah. Your stomach's bigger on vacation. Oh, it got bigger on vacation. I watched my shirt. It seemed like it was stretching Mm -hmm. on certain meals that we were having. You got sunburn in between the buttons. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I looked up what the official sandwich of California is, and it is the French dip. Sounds so weird. Wouldn't it be the California Club? Right? I believe they have two, actually. This was the first one listed, and then they have a a club with turkey and avocado. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had originally attempted to go for the turkey and avocado because to me that one sounded more California. Oh, yeah. But the place that I was trying to uh, have it DoorDashed or Postmated from uh, was already closed or was not accepting any more orders for the night. So I went with the next available option, which was the French dip. And I found this awesome place here in Oklahoma City called Hopscotch. It's located over near uh, Lake Hefner. Uh, their friendship is ridiculously huge, big. Yes. Yeah, it's like uh, half of a. I half ordered of a loaf two of, bread. of them because I figured, you know, it's going to be a typical French dip size where you know it's like a an eight inch hoagie or something like that. But this is like a jumbo sandwich. It even says on the menu it's the biggest sandwich on the menu. So I just thought it was that meant it was going to have a whole lot more meat, but it just has a whole lot more everything. It has some super soft. Trying to figure out what exactly kind of bread this is. I think it's just like it feels like a like a French bread yeah, loaf, just like a, yeah, a big like, French loaf, it's yeah. a French baguette. It's like a, yeah. yeah, it's like a really wide. Yeah, like, looks like a really wide piece when you of order a bread, six foot but sandwich. But it has not been garlic breaded up. Yeah, when you order one of those six foot sandwiches and it's like that monstrous loaf, that's what this is. But it is premium sliced roast beef. Swiss cheese, grilled onions, sautéed mushrooms, horseradish mayo, and then it comes with a side of au jus. It also comes with some french fries. Apparently when you eat there, it's bottomless fries. So if you're a french fry lover, I mean... That's a plus. We had them DoorDash, so by the time we got them, they were mostly colder. But I'd eat them. I'm sure I'd like them if they were hot. I ate them while they were cold. So, it's a fine um, fry and a great sandwich. Again, sandwich is just like loaded with all kinds of goodies in here and flavor and comes with a little cup of dipping sauce. So 
hopscotch. I'm uh, definitely going to have to come there and try some food fresh off the grill. Definitely. Because this is fucking incredible. So if you're ever in Oklahoma City, hopscotch, it's on uh, Hefner and May. And then go drive around the lake and check out some, I don't know, birds. Yeah, birds. Yeah, birds. <laughs> birds on the water. Yep, and there will be no cocoa beware on the show. Oh, crap. That was a big old bite. But it's good. Well, something that would happen right around the same time as Royal Rumble 96, from dusk till dawn, would hit theaters earlier in the week. Is it the best Robert Rodriguez movie? I think so. I think it might be. Incredibly good. Incredibly it's the best fun. Film that Quentin Tarantino acts in. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> the, uh, I don't know. Pulp Fiction's up there. He, I guess yeah, he is in that movie. <laughs> That's true. But, they, but he's he, like his character in this yeah. one is a whole lot better than Let, that. Let's one. say the film that he has. The best film that he has actually a role that. Yeah, he's a star. Yeah, yeah. like he's a top build. Yeah. This movie, the first time you watch it, it turns everything over on you in such a wonderful change of tone where it's so upsetting and so dark and then they show up into the bar and the movie just gets flipped over into wonderful, campy, violence and chaos. <laughs> and then there's Campy a, and vampy, man. It's, Can't uh, go wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I have watched this movie, but I've only ever watched it one time when oh, it first really? came out. Yeah, so it's... I'm going to have to rewatch it again as a a full adult now because I was 18 yeah. when this came out. So It's fun. You'll be surprised at how incredibly dark and twisted it is yeah. until, until they get down there because Quentin Tarantino is basically playing a pedophile yeah. until the vampires show up. And then it becomes fun. But before that, it is just... And maybe I assume it is the first or a breakout role for Some George way. Clooney. Yeah. As George Clooney was, you know, probably on ER still at the time, I yeah. imagine. He was ER. I want to say this was... Because he had this one and then... What the hell was that called? One Fine Day with... Michelle Pfeiffer that came out shortly after, you know, so it was like two totally different movies. But yeah, ninety six was a big blow up year for his celebrity status. Yeah, and he got his uh, his like fast quippy charm in here. Yes, uh, which I've never watched ER, but I assume he's. He was actually on another TV show called ER as well before that. Mm-hmm. In the I remember it. It was it was a comedy, and he was on Facts Alive. Roseanne. Roseanne. Really? Yeah, he's been around for a long time. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I didn't realize he been around that long Attack of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space yeah. or I just know he Killer was Tomatoes Killer or something tomatoes. like that. Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. Killer okay, because Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is a pretty dog shit movie. I have not seen Return of the Killer Tomatoes. But this one was the the debut of Salma Hayek, I believe, too. No, Salma Hayek was, was in she in something before? Uh, Desperado before this. Yeah, I know. Oh, Desperado came out before? Okay. Yeah, yeah. From Dust Till Dawn is probably the best movie, but my favorite would probably be Desperado. Yeah, because there's the, and then, yeah, there's the trilogy, the El Mariachi trilogy. But yeah. I forgot. Dust Till Dawn. I'm sure that was a big movie for people to watch when I was like in high school. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah. And it was another one of those 
nonstop rentals at Blockbuster. Incredibly fun movie, and one that spawned tons of sequels that have n- nothing to do. Yeah, way more. Uh, sadly, it's kind of like how way like, more than it should have. Kind of like how Tre- the first Tremors movie, I think, is legitimately like a it's perfect a great movie. Film. Yeah. I think it's a perfect, perfect movie, and then the sequels are all just except uh, for the very last one that just came out. Is it pretty good? It's pretty good. Okay, but yeah, it's like the other ones are just weird straight to video things, but. That was a big thing in the '90s. Is if, I mean, a, if a movie did well enough, then you could, you could make money putting a tape on the shelves as a sequel. We saw it with horror movies. Granted, *Dust Till Dawn* and *Tremors* are both technically horror movies. But enough about vampires. Let's talk *Royal Rumble*, 1996. We open on Sunny in a bathtub. Say what? <clears throat> Tonight contains material of a graphic nature. Viewer indiscretion. <laughs> I mean, discretion is advised. We then go to a black and white highlight package with narration talking about the measure of a champion. And the narrator settles on the heart, making a pun about Bret Hart's name and calling the Undertaker a mystical phenom. He also talks about how gold dust hearts Razor Ramon. Sure does. Yeah, you do. Before questioning who has the heart to win the Royal Rumble. I have a heart for one Tammy Stitch. As uh, she opens the show in a hotel bathtub, it is not glamorous, but she is still hotter than the surface of the sun. Yes. (laughs) Agreed. Vince McMahon then welcomes us to the show, and he will be joined by Mr. Perfect hey, hey. for commentary. Kurt on the com. I'm digging it. And he compares the Rumble to the Super Bowl. Okay. And I, I went, but isn't WrestleMania basically like the Super Bowl? Of <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, at least he didn't say Super Brawl. True. Yeah. <laughs> he at least got the right company. Well, we go straight to our first match. Double J... Jeff Jarrett versus Ahmed Johnson. And Double J brings a guitar out with him. Ain't he great? He got the guitar, he got the flashing gear, and uh, he's got a formidable opponent. Watch out, slap nuts. Shamed him at our last pay per view. We then see highlights of Jarrett beating up Ahmed in your house five. And Double J goes right after Johnson. But Ahmed ducks the attack, so Jarrett escapes to the floor, only for Johnson to stalk after him around ringside. Double Jarrett's got to get the drop. I mean, there's no way he can go toe-to-toe with a man this large. No. Double J enters the ring first, so he looks to use the advantage to take control, only for Ahmed to use his power to thwart the plan, delivering a hip toss, clotheslines, shoulder tackles, and a power slam for a two-count. Johnson hits a leaping clothesline before going for a crossbody that Jarrett ducks, sending Ahmed tumbling over the top rope, catching his wrist in the ropes. Uh-oh. I mean, you know, at least it wasn't his head. Ahmed probably looks better with ears. <laughs> Double J takes advantage, hitting a flying clothesline from the apron and working over Johnson's back, ramming him into the apron and then the steel steps. Back in the ring, Jarrett's choking Ahmed before nailing a body guillotine and a second rope double axe handle. But Johnson just shakes it all off and starts to jog around the ring, 
even as Double J tries for more double axe handles, only to be caught on an attempt and dropped with an atomic drop and a clothesline. A spine buster by Ahmed, but Jarrett rolls out to the floor to regroup. So Johnson just leaps over the ropes with a pescado, where he lands on his head. Yeah, he does land on his head. Yeah. And so it goes, or so it begins, whatever you want to say. Ahmed rolls Double J back in before heading upstairs, coming off with a somersault senton, hurting his leg in the process. So Jarrett goes straight to a figure four, only for Johnson to reverse it. Double J continues to attack the leg until Ahmed shoves Jarrett out to the floor, where Double J grabs his guitar, leaps off the top rope, smashing it over Ahmed's head for the disqualification. Ouch. Post-match, Jarrett celebrates as if he has won, raising his arms in the air. But the ref like just grabs his arm, throws him back down. He's like, he, he didn't win, dummy. <laughs> he didn't die. Ahmed would finally wake up to remove the guitar necklace and chasing <laughs> Double J to the back and out of the WWF until the end of 1997. But I'm sure he might show up someplace else real soon. He hmm. just might. Ahmed John's that guitar shot right over his head, Split. straight through it. Really nailed it. He's wearing it like a tie around his neck. It's pretty crazy. Exploded. We go to the back. Todd Pettengill is there with Diesel. And Todd calls him the odds-on favorite in the Rumble. Only for Big Daddy Cool to kind of make a silly face in response. Like, of course. Diesel then compares his mindset to a teenager left home alone for the first time. He doesn't know what he would do next, but he will have the time of his life. Oh, we going to jack off. <laughs> I was like, what is he talking about? This is weird and creepy. He's going to watch Dirty Dancing, uh-huh. have the time of his life, yes. owes it all to you. <laughs> uh, Pettengel then asks about Shawn Michaels and Vader, with Big Daddy Cool praising Heartbreak Kid for winning last year, calling Vader unproven... And saying, it's not Vader time, it's Big Daddy Cool time. Yeah. Oh, ever the promo. It doesn't Daddy sound cool. as cool as you think it does Also, there, Big Daddy. call it Diesel time. That sounds so much better than Big Daddy Cool time. Mm-hmm. Todd also asks about The Undertaker. With Diesel saying he has no problem with him, just that he is the number one contender. Not the dead man. I mean, isn't the winner of the Royal Rumble... The number one contender? The number yes. one? Okay. Should be. Just checking. But only at WrestleMania. <laughs> he gets yeah. the main event at WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go to our second match. The Body Donnas of Skip and Zip with Sonny versus the Smoking Guns of Bart and Billy Gunn for the WWF World Tag Team Championships. Tom Pritchard with the blonde buzz cut looks so wrong. And it just... Uh, it hurts my brain that it took me as long as it did to figure out it was Tom Pritchard when yeah. I was younger because I remembered hating him as Tom Pritchard anyways and then he shaved his head and bleached it and I couldn't recognize him at first but I knew he looked familiar. Yeah, and it's funny too because it's like these two guys with their bleached hair and like similar bodies that like 
it's wrestling, so you can't see everybody's face all the time. It can get confusing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So t- Sunny takes the mic and hypes up her group. But then Skip and Billy started off with shoulder tackles, tilt-a-whirl head scissors, back body drops shared between them, before a missed clothesline by Gunn sends him crashing out to the floor. Bart jumps in the ring to help, only to be tossed out to the floor as well, allowing the body donnas to bring Billy back in with a double-team slingshot. The body donnas keep up the double-teams with a double back elbow, then attempt to bring Bart back into the ring with a slingshot, only for him to reverse, sending the body donnas out to the floor. Billy then follows out with a pescado over the held-down ropes by Bart. Back in the ring, Skip takes Billy down and goes for a figure four, only to be kicked off into Bart for the guns to ping-pong punch Skip. And Zip jumps in the ring to help, only to be punched down as well by Billy. Sonny's walking around ringside to show the guns some skin, which distracts them as it as would it, anybody. I mean, these guys also. It's like she's with his heel team of Skip and Zip to... You know, yeah. average-looking, bleach blonde, buzz-cut guys, and then Donna Bart bodies. and Billy are like hot cowboys. Come on, if yeah. I were her, I'd want the hot cowboys too. But this allows Skip to make a tag, and Zip comes in and he demands that Bart get in the ring. He wants Bart. But that plan backfires as he is chopped away, only for Bart to no sell. And return the favor before delivering a press slam. A blind tag by the body Donis for Skip to run in with a clothesline on Bart. But then the guns make a blind tag, which allows them to hit a clothesline spine buster combo. I love Vince McMahon says that you've got to be plastic man to see that tag about like the skip and zip tag. It's like, how does Vince McMahon know who plastic man is? Or is he just saying a plastic man? I just thought it was Plastic Man's just a, a like C tier DC superhero DC character. Okay, yeah, he's just a stretchy guy. Eel O'Brien. That's more knowledge than you guys probably. Yeah, <laughs> I've, yeah I've seen I've Man. seen the pilot from a cartoon from a long time ago. Sonny climbs on the apron to complain to the ref when Billy is sent into the ropes by Skip, knocking her down. And once he realizes it. Billy goes out to check on her, only for the body Donna's to attack him, including a Pescado uh, by Skip. She plays it up, and like the camera, it's the show starts on Sunny in a bathtub, and then it, the like Attitude Era is on its way as the camera leers at Sunny and does everything it can to not be a gratuitous. Upskirt as they continuously show that she is cheeked up. Back in the ring, the body donnas keep up the attack. A zip front suplexes Skip onto Billy. A power slam by Skip, and then Zip is back in to gut wrench power bomb Skip onto Billy again for a two count. Second rope elbow dropped by Zip. Double team back body dropped by the body donnas for a near fall. The body donnas and Billy are running the ropes when Zip and Skip bump into each other, before falling into Gun as well for the triple knockout. <laughs> but this does allow Billy to make the crawl to his corner for the... Hot, hot tag. tag! 
Bark cleans house with left hands, a back body drop to skip, back elbow to zip, and makes the cover, only for Skip to make the save. Billy then charges in with a clothesline on Skip, before the guns look to send the body donnas into each other again, only for Zip to back body drop Skip. Bart then drop kicks Zip into Billy, who body slams him, followed by the guns delivering the sidewinder, but Sonny has climbed on the apron again to distract the ref. This allows Skip to come off the turnbuckle with an axe handle to Bart, who was making the cover, and goes for the pin himself, only to get a two count. The body donnas with a double back body drop on Bart before attempting a double team vertical suplex, but Billy spears Skip, allowing Bart to roll up Zip for the pin and, and the win. win. Is that our first spear? Uh, three point stance kind of counts, <laughs> and then like the shoulders into the corner, but for kind like of. yeah, yeah, but yeah. Do we have really as Do far we... as a clean one goes? Do we have Mister Ass to thank for the starting of the spear? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so, but yeah, this one was definitely noticeable. I mean, it's like, literally a tackle. <laughs> yeah, there was a fun moment in this match where Skip and Zip are holding. I don't remember if it was Bart or Billy. But they both have the arms. Could you tell which one was holding them? No, no. They were holding one of the guns. I know. Was it Skip or Zip? It was both of them. Oh, okay. They each had an arm. and Shane got, Shane got what I was going for. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. But they were just holding his, holding his uh, arms and just in the corner and just like slamming him into the corner and pulling him out with wrist control and slamming him back into the corner. And I thought that it was a fun spot that I don't feel like I've seen very much or maybe at all. But it seemed like a fun, shitty heel thing to do. It just kind of caught my eye. But not quite the same way that Sonny catches my eye. Nothing is ever going to quite be like Sonny catching our eye. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Vincent sends us to a compilation of Billionaire Ted's Wrestling Roar Room. Oh, this is incredible. so great. We're in a boardroom filled with caricatures of WC personalities, such as Billionaire Ted, The Huckster, The Nacho Man, and Scheme Gene. It's so mean and so funny. Who's got nachos, brother? One of the executives is actually played by Vince Russo. I yeah. notice... Who says the reason WWF is better is that they have better athletes. All WCW have is the disloyal, greedy has-beens from the 80s. One of the executives then tells the Nacho Man he should do moves like the Pearl River Plunge. And then tells the Huckster maybe some aerial moves. (laughs) And the Huckster chimes in that at his age, his feet don't leave the ground. (laughs) Billionaire Ted then asks them what they can do. And the Huckster and Nacho Man begin posing before saying they should rename the Huckster the Boy Toy. I needed to look up who played everybody in that because there was a couple of them. I mean, yeah, Vince Russo I automatically recognized. The one that played Huckster, he looks like he's been in something I've seen before. Either that or... You just remember him specifically from... No, I mean, I'm picturing him in something like... Totally different hair, everything, but there's just something about his face that I can't remember what I've seen him in before. 
Same yeah. with Billionaire Ted. And it could just be because he's making some stupid expression on his face that looks like something I've seen on someone else. Yeah, but... I love that Billionaire Ted says, I bought myself a network. Uh, bought myself a, a World, World Series. Series. Bought myself a library of classic movies. Why can't I buy the WWF? How come they're wrestling? He says wrestling. <laughs> yep. Because, you know, this man hates wrestling is better than ours. And uh, it's just so funny. And then when they start to pose... They play like uh, surf music, a la like Pulp Fiction, which is popular at the time. So I thought that that was very dun, funny. Dun, 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 yeah, yep. it's not the same exact song, but it's very close as most most surf music. Uh, the new WWF generation. Yeah, could you insert Ventures song here? <laughs> very funny stuff. Yeah, I always looked forward to those commercials, and I want to say there's a few different varieties of them, so we make it. I don't know if they carry on to the next pay-per-view or not, but if not, we may just have to look them more up More do day. exist, yeah. I yeah. mean, I was, uh, like, I know, was aware of this, but I still wasn't ready for it. Like, I was aware of these commercials, but it really uh, just hit my funny bone. Apparently they hurt Mean Gene's feelings. Oh, I'm sure they did. <laughs> I mean... It's pretty fucking Technically, fun. it doesn't look really that great. Because no. no. WWF just kind of whining. Yeah, no, like they, they they look like wieners, but it's still just funny. I mean, it is fun. But yeah, I see it as kind of a. I think yeah, we'll see one more. We see you. Yeah, it's very petty, mm-hmm. and yes. it comes off as petty. It doesn't come off as anything but petty. <laughs> like that, it's not a a high road. It just Definitely. feels like yeah, it just feels like a lame low blow but for our entertainment uh, it is pretty incredible yeah we then get to another video package where we see gold dust trying to attract razor's attention with letters and flowers he's courting the man even giving him a teddy bear and a centerfold of himself <laughs> so funny pettingale speculates whether gold dust is after the belt or the champion before seeing that he has heart painted on his chest with Razor's name. Yeah. They say... It's, it's basically a tattoo is yeah. what it's supposed to be. But. Yeah, it's just like a little... Ultimate little warrior paint. paint. I love the... Uh, they say, is Goldust after the Intercontinental Champion or the Intercontinental Belt? And I'm like, ah. Couldn't have... They couldn't said have, belt. Could not they have written belt. it. They said belt. They still, they're still saying belt. But it's just so... It was just so such a nice turn of phrase for this uh, gay panic. <laughs> and Ramon has had enough and he attacks Goldust on Raw where they brawled throughout the building before going out into the snow until Goldust would escape in his car hate crimes but Goldust it might all be just a game as we might as we things are called into question here shortly that leads us right into our third match Goldust with the usher and a young lady oh. versus Razor Ramon for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. So the young lady, who is never named on this show. No, she is not. They're confounded and she is mysterious. Yeah, she took away a name choice from me too. But that's the former Alexandria York. Yeah, absolutely. Who we last saw at Clash of the Champions 17. All the way back in episode 61. Damn. Damn. She's been away for a while. So, the match gets going, and Gold Dust is doing some gestures. 
to get into Razor's head. But Ramon starts working the arm and paintbrushing the golden one. Oh yeah, he's not a fan. Because Goldust just looks at him and starts just rubbing his body in gratuitous fashion. Goldust reverses a waistlock and begins to rub the hairy chest of the bad guy, which freaks Razor out. Dude, come on, you've been down in Miami. (laughs) You know how this goes. Ramon goes back to the arm, only for the Golden One to reverse and slap the bad guy. The Golden Dust is then taken down and given more paintbrushes across the head, before Razor slaps him on the cheek, and then on a cheek, only for the Golden One to like it. (laughs) The Golden One has, like, cheeky gimp vibes in this match. It's crazy. Ramon continues with a right hand to send Gold Dust to the floor to regroup with the bad guy stalking after him, only for the golden one to hide behind his lady friend. Back in the ring, the two are back and forth with takedowns and head scissors until Razor with a right hand sends Gold Dust out to the floor once again. And Ramon follows out only for the golden one to again hide behind his lady friend. They go back inside where the bad guy clotheslines Goldust over the ropes to the floor. Where he hides behind his lady friend again. But this time, Razor moves her out of the way, allowing the Golden One to take advantage, ramming Ramon into the ring post and the apron. Posted. I love it because he just grabs her shoulders, (laughs) lifts her up, and sets her down. It's not like violent anything. It's like, I've had enough. I'm just going to move you. Picking up a child and Uh putting you over here. He just like sets her back down in her chair. (laughs) Back in the ring, Gold Dust comes off the top with a double axe handle, working the back of the bad guy, flinging him around the ring before hitting a bulldog for a two count. The Golden One with a slingshot back suplex for a near fall before dragging Razor to the ropes, where the young lady blows gold dust into his eyes. Uh, the gold confetti in the camera really just catches maximum side boob. It's fucking <laughs> glorious. I mean, it's glorious hard, and gratuitous. It's hard not to capture maximum side boob with this young lady here. That's very true. Ramon's fighting back, only to telegraph the back body drop, allowing the golden one to faceplant him and nail a swinging neckbreaker. For a two count. Goldust locks on a sleeper, with the bad guy escaping with a mule kick low blow. But the golden one recovers first to make a cover for a near fall. Mr. Perfect informs us that if Goldust puts Razor to sleep, he can do anything that he wants. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. Attaboy, we get Kurt. it, guys. We get it. He's so bizarre. <laughs> Razor begins to fire up with right hands and a choke slam for a two count before delivering a fallaway slam for a near fall. And Goldust rakes the eyes and heads up to the top turnbuckle, only for Ramon to hit the ropes, causing the Golden One to crotch himself. The bad guy then climbs onto the turnbuckle to hit a super back suplex, all while the young lady has made her way into the ring, where she trips on the impact of them hitting the mat and looks to have twisted her ankle. Oh no, she's wearing those heels, man. Razor calls for the finish, when one, two, three kid would sneak in from the crowd, nailing Ramon with a top rope spinning heel kick, allowing Goldust to make the cover for the pin. And And the win. win. And And new! Attaboy, Goldie. I mean, and then Goldust and his young lady... 
lick each other's tongues yep. <laughs> <laughs> on camera very closely. And I'm like, Vince McMahon was upset about blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, they basically gave him this young lady because Glad was having issues, had complained yeah. about gold dust. I mean, and that's making why... fun of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a sign in the crowd during this match that says gay dust. Gay dust? <laughs> yeah, it's not even clever. Yeah. We're just like, maybe, but uh, <laughs> we love him anyway. <laughs> uh, like, Everyone but... is perfect in their own way. Absolutely. But um, it Goldust character is so. It's so. Like, even. Minus the, like, you know, gay panic angle of it. The heel work is incredible. Mm -hmm. Just the day antagonizing and, like, you know. Psychological. Yeah, psychological warfare of it all. And then was not ready for 123 Kid to show up again, (laughs) as he's wont to do. Vincent sends us to a video package of comments from some Rumble participants. And first up is actually Dr. Jeff Unger, who says Shawn Michaels is in good health. But he's worried about the Heartbreak Kid getting in the ring with 29 others. As this match would be Shawn's return from his concussion that Owen Hart had caused. Speaking of the Rocket, he predicts victory and warns Michaels that he will end his career. Just like he should have the last time. Jake Roberts! Well, hey there, buddy. Talks about demons and snakes. And that he wants to get a taste of everyone. And wants them to have a taste of him, too. (laughs) (laughs) And we haven't seen Jake since Halloween Havoc 92, Ah, episode 76. Damn, it's been that long. Spin the wheel. Make a deal? Yeah. That's the show, right? Yes. Damn. Coal Miner's Glove. So long ago. Yeah. Midgets and... Whoever in the little sex club. Remember when WCW had that small streak of really fun, bad video promos? They were so good. Remember when Tony Schiavone was a vampire? Mm -hmm. Yes. Just taking a stroll down memory lane. You remember when that was? That was before Hogan. Yes. Yes, it was. (laughs) Now we just get Monster Truck Sumo. Yeah. Mm. And Renegades and... I forgot about Renegade. <laughs> Damn the it. man without name. Mm-hmm. Butchers. Mm-hmm. All right. Jerry the King Waller <laughs> says it's called the Royal Rumble because royalty will win it. And Barry Horowitz <sighs> talks about being an underdog. The Jewish phenom. Go, Barry. Vader and Jim Cornette yell about being the most powerful force in the WWF and that it's Vader time. They're going to release the Mastodon. And Heartbreak Kid says he did it once, and he'll do it again for his fans. The Click. Mm-hmm. His, his fans are the Click. Yep. Got a Click cam and everything. But then we go to our fourth match, the Royal Rumble match. And Vince explains the rules and tells us that Hunter Hearst Helmsley will be number one because he lost a match on the free-for-all before the show which we see some video footage of him using brass knuckles to be disqualified. Uh Uh-oh. And fun little note, 
It was actually the very first free for all. Okay. Yeah, it's like the first the our first uh, pre-show. Yeah. Which none of those are on the network. Oh, nuts. Maybe thirty two. less minutes that we have to watch. Yeah, yeah. But number two is Henry O. Godwin. It's our one time. Who else was it going to be? Come on. Bob Backlund. I mean, he's probably number three. <laughs> Hog and Triple H start trading punches when Godwin would hit a clothesline and a back body drop. Godwin would then send Hunter to the corner for a flare flip, only to be flipped back into the ring where Hogg looks to press slamming, but Triple H counters with a thumb to the eye. Hunter's choking and raking at the face, laying it in with right hands and trying to lift him over the ropes to no avail. Godwin would fight back with right hands and a body slam until we get a counter in the corner of the screen. Counting down from ten. No, just keep going. <laughs> but we get number three, Bob Backlund. Hogg has Hunter dangling over the ropes when Backlund makes the save before trying to dump Godwin out to no avail. And all three men are brawling where they keep trying to eliminate someone only for the third man to make a save instead of helping. And number four is Jerry the King Lawler. Triple H hits a leaping knee to Hogg followed by the King grabbing the slot bucket. Backlund and Hunter have Godwin held as Lawler approaches to throw it in his face, only to be kicked away and given a double noggin knocker to Bob and Triple H. Hogg then grabs the bucket and chases everyone from the ring, but Godwin still throws the slop onto the King and the front row. Yeah, the front row. I was like, I'd have been pissed. Uh, yep, because... <laughs> This is only yeah. barely halfway through the show. You got a whole yeah. lot of show left. Yeah, your uh, first your first road ticket uh, comes to the side of coleslaw. <laughs> Everyone makes it back into the ring to brawl some more as number five, Bob Holly, makes his way to the ring. Hey there, Sparky. And Holly hits a back body drop on Lawler and Hunter with a clothesline to Hog before looking to toss him out only for Godwin to hold onto the top rope and roll back in. Hogg drops an elbow on Triple H, followed by a Backlund attacking them both with elbows as well. Number six is King Mabel with Sermo, and he goes right after Godwin, choking him in the corner, while Hunter is laying in right hands and a back body drop to Holly. Triple H trying to eliminate Holly when Backlund would come over to attempt to get them both out. To no avail. Sorry, old man. Number seven is Jake, the Snake Roberts. Ah, the crowd pops big for Jake. And he throws revelations into the ring, which is the snake's name. Oh, okay. Causing everyone to bail out of the ring again. It is a big-ass snake. Big-ass fucking snake. Except for Lawler. Uh-huh. And Jake puts the snake on the king, causing him to disappear out of the ring. Yep, and Jake, um, you know, helps the snake into the bag with the animal. Yeah, yeah. Handler. the handler is right there. <laughs> Which they get all on camera. It's very funny. Polly goes after Roberts once the snake is gone, followed by everybody else getting back into the ring. And Jake is wrestling in a t-shirt. Yeah, he's a, a little thicker than the last time we saw him. And he's always been thick. Yeah, he... Just uh, uh, probably not as conditioned. 
He found some, or found some. He found some uh, Jesus while he was away, mm. and I don't know if he gave up on the nose candy and was sticking strictly to the booze, or he, uh, he definitely found a crack rock <clears throat> that looked like Jesus. Yeah. Mabel, <laughs> Mabel is bumped by Hog, falling into the ropes and getting caught between them, allowing Holly and Godwin to work him over. Number eight is Dory Funk Jr. That's a shocker for Wild. me. Wild. Who we haven't seen since Heat Wave 94, episode 123. And Roberts hits a DDT on Hunter, while Dory goes after Backlund with uppercuts. DDT goes over big. Uh, Vince McMahon lets us know that Terry was going to be here as well, but he's in Germany with Bruce Willis. Okay. they're shooting a movie. 96. I imagine Terry Funk probably didn't even talk to Mercury Rising, maybe? Who knows? I just thought it was interesting. Mabel gets Holly over the ropes, but he lands on the apron, coming back in with right hands on Triple H. Mabel's choking Hog when Funk tosses Backlund over the ropes, only for him to land on the apron, where Dory tries to force him out. Backlund punches his way back in and hits a body slam. All of a sudden we see someone peeking out from under the ring apron, and it's Lawler. Of course it's Lawler. And he stays under there for quite some time. <laughs> Number nine is Yokozuna. And Hunter is hanging by a leg over the ropes as Godwin kicks him. And Backlund has the chicken wing on Funk. When Yoko attacks Backlund with headbutts before tossing him over the ropes to be eliminated. Ah, oh, Bob. Zuna and Mabel start fighting each other with Hog caught behind them in the corner. So when King Mabel hits an avalanche splash on Yokozuna... Godwin takes an even bigger blow. Hog takes a hurricanrana from Holly, a knee drop from Triple H, and another splash from Mabel. And number 10 is 1-2-3-Kid. And Razor Ramon's chasing him down the aisle, through and around the ring. I mean, he's pissed uh, about the Intercontinental title loss. Of course he is. As if he didn't have enough reason to be mad in the first place. Until officials can arrive to stop the bad guy and take him to the back. King Mabel hits a double choke lift on the kid when number 11, Takio Omaro, comes in. Takio's from All Japan Pro Wrestling. What you doing over here? Yeah, I was like, I don't know. Omari sounds moderately familiar. So I was I hoping know. you guys would know more about him because I don't remember him at all. I'm not particularly familiar with, <laughs> uh, I forgot his first name, but Omari. Takio Takio Omari He was from All Japan That's what I know Yeah Omari and Dory team up on Mabel With Takio hitting a dropkick But then Yoko and King Mabel team up on Omari With double chops Takio goes for a body slam on Mabel Which seems like a smart move Yeah Mm -hmm. Only to receive a forearm to the back Jake's hitting some quick jabs And running punches to knock Zuna down to the mat and number 12 is Savio Vega, and he goes right after King Mabel, hitting a spinning heel kick before teaming up with Yokozuna to eliminate Mabel. The damn. <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> and this would be the last time we see King Mabel for a couple of years. Uh-oh. Is he on the Yokozuna diet? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. They sent Yoko away for... 
I guess it was only a couple months at a time. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think no, it's anything like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we'll definitely uh, will be eviscerated by him later. On the other side of the ring, Omari looks to Tosh Roberts, only for Jake to counter with a head scissors to send Takio out of the ring to be eliminated. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Savio with a body slam of one, two, three. Holly with punches and a turnbuckle smash on Yoko. Dory with a vertical suplex on Vega, only to then receive kicks from the kid. Number 13 is Vader with Jim Cornette. Ah, the Mastodon. He comes in with stiff shots to Holly in the corner as Vega is on the apron fighting Dory. Back body dropping him over to the floor to be eliminated. And this is the last time we will ever see Dory Funk Jr. But he continues to wrestle in all Japan for many, many Many years. Years. Wow. Like, I think his last match was just, 2019. Yeah, I was going to say, it was just a couple years ago. That's crazy. And he was already, what, like 50s, 60s here? 60s here. <laughs> Jesus. Vega is snapmared by Vader back into the ring, who then gets some stiff shots as well that puts Savio on Dream Street. And number 14 is Doug Gilbert. Weird. <laughs> who we haven't seen since Ultra Clash 91. Episode 101, as the Dark Patriot. Is he uh, Eddie Gilbert's brother? Yes. Yes. And he won this spot by winning a battle royal in the USWA. Yeah, it was interesting that they said that on commentary. They are like, ah, they said another promotion without it being... They had a, they had a good working, yeah. working relationship, sending... People up and down just kind of keep getting some work and that kind of thing. So. Yeah, pulling some some yobbers. So Yoko and Vader would begin to trade punches as Jake hits a DDT on Vega. Robert sets up for a DDT on Gilbert, only to be clotheslined by Vader, which sends him tumbling over the ropes to the floor to be eliminated. Mm. Sorry, Jake. A short arm clothesline from Vader to Gilbert before also headbutting one, two, three. Vader then hits an avalanche splash on Gilbert, but then Savio catches Vader with, with a super kick. And number 15 is squat team member number one. Nobody cares. Who we last saw at Ultra Clash 93, episode 101, as the Headhunters. The, was it last year where they had absolutely nobody? Yes. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a step up. A big step up. I mean, Dory Funk is Dory Funk, but then you have your squat team member and Doug Gilbert. But for the most part, this is not like people are getting pops. Yes. And it's nice because I remember the one last year we were just like, what the fuck? We should also (laughs) mention this is the first time that they've played the entrance music for each of them as they've come out. Uh, Wow, yeah. Good eye. It really does add a lot. Yeah, before it was just the first two that got music and that was it. And then the winner. So Vader head claps Vega before headbutting, choke slamming, and press slamming Gilbert over the ropes to be eliminated. Squat team member number one goes after Vader, only for him to be tossed as well to be eliminated. Two diminishing returns. Bye. Vader and Zuna start trading punches again, but Cornette jumps on the apron to calm them down because they're both Camp Cornette. Yeah. Number sixteen is squat team member number two. Yeah. Who we also saw as a headhunter at Ultra Clash yeah, 93. Okay. These guys uh, are identical twins. Our you know. future 
there's a I think it was like a raw from a couple years after this where these t- same two guys come out as uh, the butchers and they're just like Abby fakes <laughs> and they come to the ring with like Jim Cornette and uh, one of them tries to work a spot with like Owen Hart and Owen Hart's like this guy has no idea what he's doing so Owen Hart just like drops his arms down and walks away <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you can find the clip but it's funny I was like oh that's those guys so squat team member number two meets his twin in the aisleway and they decide to go do some damage as they both go back into the ring to go after Vader <laughs> and Vader just starts laying it in on both of them when Yokozuna joins the fray as Vader clotheslines number one over the ropes to be eliminated a second time, while Yoko clotheslines number two on the other side of the ring to be eliminated as well. Vader then hits a short arm clothesline to Savio, but Vega fights back with an eye rake, chops, and Triple H teams up to deliver some punches in the corner. More like squash team. Sorry, it's a little <laughs> late, but... Number... <laughs> it took me a second there. I'm like, but, what? But yeah, I was like, oh, I didn't have a beer. <laughs> Number 17 is Owen Hart, who delivers a cheap shot to Holly as he's entering the ring. Savio then hits a drop kick to Vader that's no sold, so then Zuna and Vader team up to work over Vega, including an Irish whip-assisted Yokozuna splash in the corner, followed by a Vader avalanche splash in the corner as well. Vader then body slams and hits a splash in the middle of the ring on Savio, Followed by a Yoko delivering a leg drop. Damn. Savio's getting smashed. I mean... More like squash team. Yeah. um, (laughs) Jim Cornette is managing both of these super heavyweights. Number 18 is Shawn Michaels. Who starts laying it in with right hands to Vega and the kid. When Vader clotheslines Savio over the ropes to be eliminated. Oh, sorry buddy. Zuna and Vader start fighting once again with Corny begging them to stop, while Heartbreak Kid is taking everyone else out with right hands. Yokozuna hits a headbutt and attempts to lift Vader over the ropes, when Sean comes running over, giving them both a boost to send Vader and Yoko tumbling over the ropes to the floor to be eliminated. I mean, wild. The crowd goes bananas. I was kind of like, really? <laughs> Vader, I mean, Yoko has, Yoko's made the money that Yoko's going to make for the company and for himself. Yeah. But Vader, yeah, he, he uh, went a whole lot quicker than I was thinking he would. I mean, the idea is the dissension between Yoko and Vader is was their downfall, but still. Yep. It's a lot. It's a... Michaels then press slams one, two, three over the ropes to be eliminated as well. The Heartbreak Kid's punching everyone in the ring, while Zuna and Vader are shoving each other on the floor. And number 19 is Akushi. Yeah. When Vader re-enters the ring to go after Sean, pummeling him in the corner with stiff shots, before press slamming him over the ropes to the floor. Uh-huh. So Sean must be eliminated, right? He went over the ropes, hit the floor. Was it the... I, did I believe... Vince McMahon says it was the second rope or something like no, that. No, he, he definitely uh, went over the top rope. Yeah. Now, there was a different part where he was talking about uh, earlier. I think when Vader first got in there or somebody big got in there, but everybody left the ring. I think, no, it was when it was Jake when came Jake, in. Everyone yeah. went through the middle ropes. So yeah. That's what it was. Because if you remember in the past, 
people that have been eliminated have helped eliminate people. All the time. Um, so this happens. But, you know, this time, it doesn't count. Yeah, because I don't even have it in my notes, and I thought I got all the eliminations uh, written down. But uh, I didn't quite catch that spot. Vader just continues to destroy everyone in the ring, throwing Owen through the ropes. Headbutts and clotheslines Hunter over the ropes to the floor. Back body drops Holly over the ropes as well, before tossing Hart through the ropes once again. An official is finally making stop when Gorilla Monsoon confronts him and demands that Vader leave, with Cornette convincing him as well. So that leaves Hakushi, Owen, and Lawler as the only men who haven't gone over the ropes, but everyone returns to the ring. So, like I said, I guess an eliminated person can't eliminate someone in this rumble. Yeah, yeah. Not this one. Not under Gorilla's watch. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, I was like, where did Omari come from? It's like, maybe he's buddies with Hakushi. <laughs> I, don't I think he's friends with Dory Funk. Oh, yeah, that makes... Because they're both at That makes even more sense. We're like, hey, Terry can't make it. You got a, you got somebody. Is he a young lion that was on an excursion? <laughs> I don't think so. I think... I mean, I don't know how All Japan works. I don't know if they do the <laughs> excursion thing or not. But... Number 20 is Tatanka. <laughs> who we haven't seen since King of the Ring 95, episode 155. And Sheldon throws Corny over the ropes to the floor, while Akushi enters the ring with a top rope single sledge to Owen, followed by a handspring back elbow. Muda! Triple H then comes off the top with a single sledge of his own to Akushi. Oh, Triple H, already getting the fondness for those sledges. Everyone's brawling when Akushi looks to dump the heartbreak kid, but Hunter makes the save, only for him to then punch Michaels to send him over the ropes to the apron. Before rolling back in. Turns out... Uh, and now we're best friends. Yeah, it turns out Hunter is also a Shawn Michaels fan as a member of the clique. Yeah, I mean, when I met my, my high school best friend, we met in sixth grade, and the first thing that happens was we got into an argument, and he slammed my head into the side of a bunk bed at camp. Oh. And we're just like, best friends from there. Mm-hmm. So, hey, look. Are you sure he wasn't Triple your bully H? Huh? <laughs> are, you, are you sure he wasn't your bully shade? No. Just that one day. <laughs> just that one moment, and then yeah. we were just like besties from mm-hmm. there, just like Triple H and 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 Arch, Arch, Jonathan makes Michaels, sense. yeah, HBK. There we go. There's the words, letters. Owen sends Akushi to the corner where he attempts to leap up and over a charging heart, but is caught and dumped over the ropes to the floor to be eliminated. I mean, we love Hakushi. What a great look. Sad to see him go. Mm, poor Hakushi. Number 21 is Aldo Montoya, who starts attacking everyone. Triple H with a leaping knee to Sean that sends him through the ropes to the floor, where he takes a breather. And Holly looks to drag the heartbreak kid back in, but he's punched away, so Sean just continues to walk around ringside, with the crowd telling him about the king under the ring. (laughs) So Michaels pulls Lawler back into the ring to then punch him, to send him over the ropes to the floor to be eliminated. Didn't really work out for Jerry. Nope. No. Number 22 is Diesel. Honk, honk. Who comes right in and decks Hunter before throwing Tatanka out of the ring to be eliminated. 
and this is the last time we'll see him for about 10 years. Oh, wow, yeah. Tatanka really had a moment of uh, not losing and then losing and saying that he hadn't lost. And then they just really just didn't know what to do with them. Lost and lost and lost and lost mm-hmm. from there. He was lucky that he got the push. Big Daddy Cool then attacks Owen with knees before Big Daddy Cool and Heartbreak Kid fighting off everybody and they end up backing into each other. So when they turn, Diesel decks him as well. Oh. Sean returns the favor only to be kneed away, followed by Harp going after Big Daddy Cool as well with shoulder blocks and mounted punches. When Diesel would just dump him over the ropes, but Owen would land on the rope. Number 23 is Kama, the supreme fighting machine, who we haven't seen since SummerSlam 95, episode 163. And Michaels is hitting mounted punches on Holly. Big Daddy Cool's working over Kama with the help of the Heartbreak Kid holding him. Only for the Supreme Fight Machine to move, causing Sean to take the blow. Vince McMahon over the microphone says that Ahmed Johnson is at the hospital. Vince McMahon said hospital. Whoa. Crazy times. We got Belt and Hospital in the same show. I know. I mean, you know, they'll go away sooner, soon enough, I'm sure. <laughs> Number 24 is the Ringmaster. What? Or better known as some guy named Steve Austin. Who comes out to no real reaction, but we know who he is. And he goes right after Holly with a chop block, a turnbuckle smash, chops, only for Bob to fire back. When Diesel joins the fight as well. And Austin comes in with a furiosity that legitimately changes the temperature of the ring. There's just more umph and fire behind everything that he's doing. Because the master has arrived. He's so got to stake his claim. Step up. He's got to stake his claim. He wasn't noticed correctly before. Mm-hmm. Holly hits a catapult to send the ringmaster over the ropes. Only to be hold on and roll back in. Where he hits a leaping knee. To send Holly over the ropes to be eliminated. And I'd like to give Bob Holly a show of hands for his contributions here. He uh, was great in this match until he was no longer in the match. <laughs> but he was much appreciated and I feel like needed. Number 25 is Barry Horowitz, who immediately is tossed around by Big Daddy Cool. Michaels and Owen are fighting in the corner with Hart being kicked over the ropes, only to skin the cat back into the ring. Hunter then saves Kama in the corner from Diesel, only to just be launched over the ropes to the floor to be eliminated. Good showing there, Hunter. Made it all the way to number 25. I'm proud it's of like you. 48 minutes, I yeah. guess. Yeah. In the ring. First early, Royal Rumble. Early on, Vince McMahon was like, <laughs> I, I think Hunter might make it as far as Sean did last year. So... Potential son in him. Mm-hmm. Even before he didn't want him to date his daughter. Yep. Number 26 is Fatu. To no reaction, which is a true shame. The Heartbreak Kid hits a top rope drop kick on Horowitz. Fatu with a super kick to the Supreme Fighting Machine. Owen goes for a vertical suplex of Sean over the ropes. But Michaels holds on to set himself on the apron and go for a suplex of Hart, dragging him over to the apron as well. Number 27 is Isaac Yankum DDS. And everyone has made it back inside the ring when Horowitz is back body dropped by Owen over to the floor to be eliminated. And Isaac Yankum gets less of a reaction than 
anybody this thus far. Hart then follows up with an enziguri to the heartbreak kid. The same move that knocked him out the night after the Survivor Series. Oh. Hart tries to throw Sean out, only for Diesel to grab hold of Owen to dump him out to be eliminated. While Michaels holds on to the ropes, which is completely missed as they were showing the Instagram replay. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is like the second year in a row that we've missed the Owen Hart elimination. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, it's, it's weird. And uh, Sean does a great job of selling the kick to the head, as he should. Yeah. The ringmaster hits a vicious clothesline of the Heartbreak Kid and does some flexing for the crowd, allowing Big Daddy Cool to lay it in with right hands and chokes. Number 28 is Marty Jannetty. Hit him with the drop kick. Look what the cat dragged in. And everybody's brawling away when Fatu hits a super kick to yank him. Sean and Marty then match up running the ropes, only to hit each other for a double knockout. Diesel hits a side slam of Janetti as number 29, the British Bulldog Davey Boy Smith, makes his way to the ring. Diana Cam. Bulldog goes right after Michaels when Marty gets involved, only to be back body dropped by Davey Boy over the ropes to be eliminated. Diana's got like a wild like Mars Attacks hairdo. It's really funny. Fatu and the ringmaster are battling it out with right hands and headbutts before Austin is clotheslined over the ropes to the floor to be eliminated. Damn, damn. Yankum follows with a clothesline to Fatu to eliminate him as well. And number 30 is Duke Drosy. And he got this spot from winning that matchup versus Triple H mm-hmm. earlier in the night on Free For All. Yeah, so you're, you're number one, number 30, and he's they call him Duke Dump. That's his name. Well, he's Duke the Dumpster Drosy. <laughs> I know, but that's so bad. Come on, Dump. <laughs> the Heartbreak Kid's thrown through the ropes to the floor by Bulldog, so he follows out, only for Sean to run Davy Boy into a guardrail. Owen then runs back down and joins the fight as well running Michaels into a guardrail until officials force Hart to leave. Bulldog rolls the Heartbreak Kid back into the ring to press slamming when Diesel hits a shot to Davy Boy's gut, causing him to drop Sean. Michaels then drop kicks Yankum over the ropes to the floor to be eliminated, while Big Daddy Cool and Kama dump out Drosy. Dump dump. So the final four are the Heartbreak Kid, Diesel, the Bulldog, and the Supreme Fighting Machine. One of these things does not belong here. Hey, leave the Godfather alone. (laughs) (laughs) So Kama hits a back elbow to Big Daddy Cool in one corner, while Sean is back body dropped out to the apron by Davy Boy on the other side. This guy lives on the apron. Michael slides underneath Bulldog before clotheslining him out of the ring to be eliminated. I mean, nice. It's It's a nice spot. Mm-hmm. Kama then runs over with a punch to the Heartbreak Kid, only for him to skin the cat to save himself. So then Diesel just shoves the Supreme Fighting Machine over the ropes to be eliminated. As Big Daddy Cool turns around, Sean delivers some sweet chin music Oof. that sends Diesel over the ropes to be eliminated. He has The man hasn't even recovered from the clothesline. Sucker! Shawn Michaels is your Royal Rumble winner. Back to back, baby. Two time. So post-match, Big Daddy Cool 
is upset when Doc Hendricks tries to talk to him, only for Diesel to attack Davy Boy in the aisleway. And Big Daddy Cool finally turns to Doc, saying, The only reason he's still breathing is because I allow it. Not really specifying who he means. <laughs> I guess either or, but I assume Shawn Michaels, considering, you know. But then Shawn is seen stripping in the ring. He's dancing with the crowd. He's in teasing the pulling shot. his pants down. Click wants to see the stuff. <laughs> the ass. I mean, he yeah. was going pretty low on the front side, too. Uh-huh. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> and Diesel returns to the ring to stop him. <laughs> the two men stare each other down when Big Daddy Cool just holds up his hand. So Sean runs and leaps and gives him a high five before exiting the ring to allow Michaels to continue his celebration. I know. It's like that whole Lex and, and Sting thing where they have to stop each other from doing something that they're going to regret in the future. Will Sean stop Diesel? Only time will tell. So fun fact here. Kama was not supposed to be the uh, in the Final Four. Was it supposed I'd... to be Triple H? No, it was uh... supposed to be the Ringmaster. Oh. Whenever... He was clotheslined over the ropes. He was supposed to hold on. Mm. But he, his hand slipped and he fell out. Damn. Damn, that's a, that's a bummer. But I mean, it's hard to look back and be like, well, it's a shame that that guy, that had to happen to that guy. It's like, no, we can't say that about one of the biggest wrestling stars of all time. He's going to be fine. So if you've ever wondered, what do they do if there's a mistake in the Royal Rumble? They so. just... That comma take the spot. Comma was the comma <laughs> just, has not been eliminated. They just so. move on. Yeah, that's all you can do. Uh, that would have been great had it. I mean, yeah, I'm happy Bulldog was in the final four, but how great would it have been to have HBK, Diesel, Steve Austin, and uh, Hunter as your final four in Austin and Hunter's first Rumbles? I think it would have been great. Yeah, a sign of the future. Maybe throw Hall in there, keep Steve out, and you know you have the. <laughs> the curtain call happened yeah. sooner. <laughs> so we go to our fifth match. The Undertaker with Paul Bearer versus Brett the Hitman Hart for the WWF Championship. Bum, bum, bum. So Bearer has a new urn that was fashioned out of the remnants of the old one. You know what I love? That the urn was melted down to a chain and the chain was melted down into a new urn. <laughs> And that they used the remnants. Wasn't that what they were calling it before? Yeah, yeah, yeah the remnants. The remnants. Yeah, it, was, it was a chain for a little while. And then it became the, the remnants. remnants of the old urn. Mm-hmm. It's like it's obviously just a gold chain. So as Taker makes his way down the aisle, he meets Diesel there, who's still walking back from the rumble. I guess they were short on time? Or was Diesel just like hanging out, signing autographs? So I'm just like... But doesn't that mean that Sean's still in the ring celebrating as yeah, well? So. Uh-huh. Where Big Daddy Cool shoves Paul, so the dead man starts to trade punches with Diesel until officials can break it up. And the UT, the Undertaker, is still wearing his facial appliance. Diesel yells that he is not afraid of the dark as he leaves. Good. Once Blindfold Brett's in the- match right now. Yeah. We'll leave the light on for you. 
Once Brett's in the ring, Vince says this is Brett's 43rd pay-per-view appearance. <laughs> and I actually added it up, and it was actually his 45th. Mm. Oh, wow. I mean, that's like almost every fucking pay-per-view. Pretty much. And I have a non-points trivia question for you. I'm listening. <laughs> How many of those did he win or lose? No. Okay. Uh, do you remember what his first pay-per-view match was? Heart Foundation versus the uh, Wild Samoans? The WrestleMania 2 Battle Royal Super Bowl thingy. Nice. Good job, Shane. I figured you'd get it. Yeah. I didn't even remember. I was trying to figure yeah. out if there was something before that, so I'm like yeah. scrolling through I my brain. I don't even remember a WrestleMania 2 Battle Royal thingy. It was all the football it, players. It was all yeah. football when players. he said it, I was like, oh yeah, it's the football players. Yep, because him and Anvil were wearing like black and blue at the time instead. Yep. So Hitman evades The Undertaker early on, but the dead man finally gains control with punches throat chops, and a claw hold. Only for Hart to get his boot on the ropes, which Bear just pushes off, allowing the hold to continue for a few moments longer. The claw! And I love that he puts boot on the ropes. Paul Bear pushes it off. So, Bret Hart, ever the goat, <laughs> wraps both of his legs around it as Paul Bear is not going to be strong enough to pull his legs apart and push them off because Fred Hart is the excellence of execution. Best there is, best there was, best there ever will be, and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. And he's not falling to no Von Eric claw. <laughs> Taker goes old school before applying the claw hold once again, only to go back to punches and throat chops until Brett catches him with a boot. In a second rope clothesline. What's There's that all about? <laughs> There's an amazing shot of uh, one of the security guards near like the entrance in the front row. He's just like leaning on the steel, and he just lets out the biggest visible yawn. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a real kick out of it. Brett follows that up with a running clothesline to put the Undertaker on the floor. But he lands on his feet. Hitman then lands a slingshot plancha. And he starts pummeling the dead man on the floor before returning to the apron to dive at Taker again, only to be caught and rammed into the ring post. Oof, posted. Back posted. first. Undertaker tries for another ring post, only for Hart to wiggle free, sending the dead man face first into the post. Not his, I mean, beautiful is not the right word, not his previously injured face. But then walks right into a big boot. Uh-oh. Facial appliance still on? Taker throws Brett into the guardrail. More punches before Hitman reverses a whip, sending the Undertaker knee first into the steel steps. Oof, he did, does a, it's a, a great shot. There's a replay and knees, and then he just does a beautiful hop over, <laughs> over the steps and onto the other side. It's great, great work. The perks of being a dead man, you know, mm -hmm. you can just... Hit stuff, fly, and yeah. just sit right up. Dead men uh, can't feel their knees. Hart starts working the legs on the floor, even slamming him against the steps again before heading back into the ring. Brett continues to focus on the leg before trying to tear the mask off to no avail. So the hitman goes back to the leg, even locking on a figure four, until the dead man can reverse, forcing the hold to be released. Taker's hobbling about as Hart continues to work the leg and tear the mask off 
when the crowd starts to fire up the Undertaker, allowing him to make it back to his feet, where he throws Brett through the ropes to the floor. And the crowd is cold. Yeah. It's weird. Maybe it's because they're both technically faces. I don't know. But it's, yeah. Maybe it's because... They're both faces, but they're both working heel. They're, yeah, they're both faces, they're both working heel. If, if It was one, like they almost didn't communicate quite, hey, I'm going to work this way, you work this like They yeah, just both kind of were like, oh, we're both faces, one of us has to, to work, work heel. heel. So we both worked a little <laughs> bit they heel, both worked but heel. they both worked the same amount of heel. The dead man. Yeah, where it's like if one of them was a little more heelish, it would... But they were both working like the exact same amount of like slight... Mm-hmm. Slight heel. The dead man follows out to smash the hitman's head into the still steps, choking with a cable cord, all while Bearer has the ref distracted. Taker throws Hart into the timekeeper's table before using a chair and rolling Brett back into the ring, where he looks to keep up the attack with a big boot, only for the hitman to duck and attack the leg once more, slamming it against the ring post multiple times. Posted. Posted. We get a little bit of an RIP chant they're coming too. Back in the ring, more time is focused on the leg. When the Undertaker is able to get back to his feet to fire up with punches, headbutts, leg drop, clothesline, and he goes for the tombstone, only for his leg to buckle. So he punches Hart out to the floor. The dead man then drags Brett to the apron for some forearms. The hitman drops down, causing Taker to go throat first across the ropes. Back in the ring, Hart hits a DDT on a telegraphed back body drop for a two count. Head butts to the back, Russian leg sweep, but the Undertaker sits up. Brett with a bulldog, the dead man sits up. Hitman with a backbreaker and a second rope elbow drop. And he looks to put the sharpshooter on when Taker grabs him by the throat to make it back. To their feet. I love that on that third one, he tries to sit up, but he can't. And it's like, ah, oh, that's nice. Both men run the ropes, and they hit clotheslines for the double knockout. Hart's up first, and he removes a turnbuckle pad before going for the mask again, this time succeeding in tearing it off. Mask off. Son of a bitch. Appliance is loose. <laughs> We've got a wild appliance. Undertaker begins to stalk after Brett, who's evading punches, but he's whipped into a corner, only to hit a back elbow on the charging dead man. Not his previously injured face. Hitman then smashes Taker's face into the exposed turnbuckle several times, continues with headbutts before going for a crossbody, which the Undertaker catches heart and delivers a tombstone pile driver for the pin. And no! Diesel pulls the ref out of the ring for the disqualification. Post match. <laughs> Big Daddy Cool smirks and flips off the dead man before leaving back down the aisle when Taker starts to chase him to the back. You're dead, fucker. Yeah, the middle finger from Big Daddy Cool, the uh, Sonny's uh, butt, and. Gold dust, gay panic, plus she who has no names, side boob. I smell some attitude. (laughs) 
We get the logo for Royal Rumble Plus. And we get Todd Pettengill in the back with Gorilla Monsoon. And the president says that Diesel will get a title shot versus Brett at In Your House 6. Doc Hendricks is then with Shawn Michaels. And the Heartbreak Kid says he's completed Phase 1 by winning the Rumble. Also says his click is running wild like dinosaurs. Yeah, it says in the dinosaurs days, lots of things ran wild. And I was like, oh, that's nice. It's fun. Sean's asked about Big Daddy Cool versus the Hitman, with him saying Diesel has changed, but he still loves him. He's his big buddy. Uh, Sean is extra loose and cocky uh, here. Maybe he hit the champagne immediately, but he's got more swag than even normal in this interview, where he's just cocky. We go back to Gorilla, who's confronted by The Undertaker, saying it will be a cold day in hell before the Big Daddy Cool is champion again. And Monsoon realizes that might mean trouble for his main event at the next show. So what are we going to do? So he makes it a cage match. Let's put it in a seal cage. Cage these animals. We go back to Doc, who's now with Diesel who's asked for his thoughts on the change to the match. And Big Daddy Cool says that Hart's champion because he allows it. And he told the dead man that he was number one. I mean, he literally showed him that he was number one. Yeah, he showed him uh, the most important finger. I don't know. I think I'd prefer having an index and a thumb. I mean, like, thumbs thumbs up, you're number one. They say thumb's not technically a finger, but whatever, dude. Come on. Diesel continues by saying he's the best thing going today. I could fucking make a list. We wouldn't have Big Daddy Cool on probably it. Probably wouldn't be in the top five. No. In, in this company. Let alone all the other ones. I wouldn't put him in the top five in the other company either. <laughs> Hendrickson says he's worried about Taker. With Big Daddy Cool again saying he's not afraid of the dark. He's Sounds also, like he's only know, dead because I allow it. Yeah, you know when somebody like <laughs> says something too many times and it's like, well, it sounds like that this is a you thing, and like maybe that is a fear of yours because <laughs> you won't shut up about it. <laughs> you don't have to convince me. I believed you the first time, and now it sounds like he might be afraid of the dark. Be funny if the Undertaker sent him an urn, uh, like nightlight. <laughs> Big Daddy Cool's also asked about Michaels eliminating him from the Rumble. And Diesel just pretends to be unbothered by it before calling it the Diesel Wrestling Federation. Hmm. It's not the Big Daddy Cool Wrestling Federation? No. Oh, that has such a good ring to it. <laughs> they both have such a good ring. It's like Big Daddy Cool time. Mm-hmm. And Big, yeah. Daddy cool just, <laughs> Big Daddy Cool just keeps talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When someone off screen obviously motions for him to wrap it up. Hey, we only got like, like 30 seconds left. So Diesel hey. just yells at him. We need to re-rack for the replay. And we go back to Todd, who's now with Vader and Jim Cornette. And Jim calls the Mastodon the real winner of the Rumble, as Vader's destroying the locker room. It's Vader time, now and forever. But not then. And not together. (laughs) And then Pettengale sends us to a video package of highlights from the evening. Starting with Sunny in the Tub. Before it fades to black. So I ask you gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of Royal Rumble 96? I mean, it was, for the most part, it's a good show. It's got lots of stuff. 
flip back to my first page here so I don't... Yeah, the, the Jarrett-Ahmed match I thought was done well, but it's just sad that Jarrett decided to leave again after the match was over, so we didn't really get to have too much building from there, but he'll be back because he's always back. The Royal Rumble itself was a whole lot better than last year's. Oof, uh, yes. With the way things were handled in the ring, as well as just the people who were invited to participate. Uh, I, I feel like I say this statement often, but it's it's one of those that's good, not great. There's just some little tweaks that need to be made or something with it. Goldust, it was awesome to see him win his first title in the in the Big W, even though it came with a assist. Looking more to seeing or looking forward to seeing more with him and his uh, nameless lady, who soon shall have a name. Will be named. Yeah, I mean, it's worth a watch. It's it's got lots of good stuff in there. There's lots of seeds planted for the future, so. It makes for a, a fairly, hopefully, exciting 1996. Yeah, I would say that there's great character stuff with Goldust. A pretty good tag match. A much better rumble than 1995's. Undertaker and Brett was, like, long, and the finish was anticlimactic. anticlimactic. The face versus face, both heelish at times but nothing too dirty considering that the title's on the line mm-hmm. kind of normally i'd be like oh well the title match should always be the last match but i feel like maybe we should have just ended on the rumble if we're gonna do the face thing yeah. but i hate to say that because i always think the title should always be the last thing on a show no matter how hot everything else is i'm gonna say that the reason they put the rumble on before that match is because of the diesel finish because if, That's true. That's true. If Diesel, if Diesel does that and then goes into the Royal Rumble and doesn't win, it doesn't it's kind of like yeah. it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't yeah. make sense. That's a very good point, Matt. I did not think about the Diesel part of it. Yeah. I was just thinking about how cold the match was because there was cheers and jeers every time one of those guys like was on top or had a big spot in the Undertaker Bret Hart match because people love the Undertaker. People love Bret Hart, and they don't know who to I think cheer a lot, for. I think part of the problem also is we've watched, you know, over the last couple of weeks, we had the show in Japan, and the uh, high energy, whatever, uh, good crowd interaction. I mean, we had one of the best ECW non-tournament Japan match yeah. shows we've watched. As ECW far as crowd show. on the last show was very vocal and you know involved in chanting and whatnot. And this crowd here just kind of flatter than a plate full full of piss. Yeah. So it, it kind of I think that's something that was taken from the show was it didn't have a crowd that wanted to cheer or knew yeah. when to cheer. So yeah, mm-hmm. there's just something. I will say that considering that. Undertaker is the dead man. Like, nothing phases him. He pops back up, probably wouldn't be the right way to put it, but he always comes back. He sits up. But... He rises. But, uh, like, the Bret Hart leg work on Undertaker for 20 minutes, it like, like, it's putting over how strong the Undertaker is, but it really just felt like like beating 
a drum, and I understand that it's like it's the Undertaker. He's got to be strong. You're gonna have to do a lot to wear him down because he doesn't have a fucking heartbeat or whatever. But it wore out uh, its welcome, and like Shane said, maybe that has to do with the fact that the crowd was never particularly a great crowd, but they definitely didn't know what to do here. Mm. Nor were they told what to do. Which most crowds are just waiting for you to tell them what to do. Especially pre-internet. So, I feel the wrestling, the actual wrestling on the show is very good. Absolutely. The character work and the storyline advancement is very good. Yes. But there's still something about the whole show that just kind of leaves me unimpressed. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is... So, like, Jared Ahmed, it's good. Until there's just this ending. It's like, okay. It's flat. Heart and Undertaker. Like, it, it did go on a little bit too long. Yeah. But also, Brett is the champion who's this feud with it's not the undertaker because no. the undertaker's in a feud with diesel mm-hmm. and diesel's in i'm like yeah. brett brett is brett is the side piece to this other feud but he's the champion yeah that's in yeah. the middle of this I'm like, like what are we looking g- g- at g- give me give me a triple threat which, which they're not going to do in wwf at this point yeah but like just give me a triple threat match with with them makes more sense get and it get it over with that's a good instead point instead of because now we have Undertaker and Brett on this show. Next show, we now know that we're going to have Diesel and Brett. But the feud is still Diesel and Undertaker. I mean, we now know that Sean and yeah Brett are going to face at WrestleMania. But then we also, like literally just the Royal Rumble Plus. Who showed up? Diesel, Undertaker, Sean, Sean and Vader. And Vader. No Brett. No Brett. Yeah. He's so Brett, Brett, Brett's the champion, and he's number five on the call list, basically. And yeah. he has nobody, like, what is he going to say? I can't wait to beat up Diesel. It's like, well. I've already done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've already beat him up. Yeah. Doing the same kind of match that I just did with Undertaker. And I will I will say, yes, the match went on too long with Undertaker. But yeah, I, there's a reason. But it was definitely better than that match with the. With Diesel, that was basically the same match. So yeah, I think yeah. it it went. It as at least long had the as Undertaker can actually sell, and it, Undertaker has the character to where you he needs to be worked over more. Yeah. Well, I think it also it's because of the WrestleMania match that's going to happen. It was kind of a warm up of let's see how long you know give Brett. I don't even know how long the match went for. Twenty eight minutes. Is it twenty eight? Okay, I was thinking it went over thirty. When it started, there was like forty <clears throat> minutes left or something, and I was like, Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah, and I, I, I think like the it, official time was twenty eight something. Yeah, like that. yeah, it could be. Well, also we got like why the, the ten minutes of ten minutes involved. of um, like plus or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but now the, uh, I mean, with the the match that's happening for the championship at Mania, yeah, it's an Iron Man. So you know, you've got Michaels who has his warm up at the the Rumble. You know, however long he was in there for, thirty something, forty something minutes, and then you've got Hart with a thirty something minute match as well as kind of a getting him on the I mean, way. Technically, if you think about it, every single match on this card, finish, the finish of it, other than the tag match, was something happened. Guitar. Yep. Tag match was okay. One two three kid. One two three, one, two, three kid. kid. 
the Royal Rumble. Technically, Sean was eliminated. Yeah. Vader eliminated Sean. Yeah, they changed the rules. They changed the rules. But, like, yeah, as far as previous rules. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know. Yeah. If you want to be a stickler about these things. Yeah. 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 And then, of course, Diesel, the DQ in the the map, which, that just, like, completely, because, like, I'm watching the crowd, because I know it's about to come, and the crowd doesn't even react to Diesel coming out. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it just happens. It should be, yeah. It's just like, It should be exciting to see who is going to pin the fucking, if Bret Hart can pin the Undertaker, or if Undertaker can pin Bret Hart. That's... I mean, be technically, if you think if if Brett is if Brett pins or submits the Undertaker, the Undertaker is no longer even in the title picture. No, he's done. So it's like, why would Diesel come out and cause a disqualification? Yeah. It's like, yeah. But it makes me think of when I was a kid in the '90s. You guys remember Magic Eyes, like the things that were like a bunch of colors. You're supposed to like cross your eyes and then something appears. Okay, okay yeah. This is like a magic eye where I'm like, yeah, it looks cool, but I can never seem to get the magic eye to work. <laughs> I've never actually seen one. I can't cross my eyes very well, I guess. And this is kind of like what that is like. Yeah, this all like looks pretty good on paper, but uh, can't it just see can't the fucking sailboat. Yeah, I can't seem to make it come together. I am Ethan Suppley and Mallrats, <laughs> just wait, like yeah, hoping for more. And at the very least, at least it looks. It looks cool from the distance that I'm at. The tag match was a very nice tag match. Goldust, like you said, everything that uh, you said, we're all kind of on the same page here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good, Where, where's the smart marks at? Alright, fuck you. I think it's time we smark it up. So what are some of the best moments of this show? Hunter going 48 minutes. Yeah. Yep, I was a big fan of uh, Bob Hawley's work in the Rumble. I was a big fan of Steve Austin coming in and legitimately warming up a cold uh, ring. Of course, uh, Goldust's character work was incredible. It's probably my favorite match on the show. The woman who won't be named and Sonny. The woman who won't I mean, of course. I mean, Sonny uh, Cheeks and... Uh, Jared's guitar shot. Yes. It was a. It was maybe I, one of I, the most perfect explosion. guitar shots. I was actually surprised about the... Uh, uh, I mean... We're not surprised, but like I didn't realize that he started doing the the guitar gimmick this early. Yeah, and it was perfect. Yeah, like last time he hit him with the gold Honky record tonk was officially gone. And, so and now it's the now it's the guitar. But the guitar shot was picture perfect. Mm-hmm. Jake throwing the revelations into the ring. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, the snake was very that snake. Was snake was huge. <laughs> yeah, it was easily the biggest snake we've seen. Out like I was probably bigger than it was bigger than the one that he. Oh, yeah, because that it one, yeah, like you like remember how a fucking horrific that is, but it's like, well, the snake's not as big, but this thing was almost as long as the ring. Yeah. This one was like Damien ate Damien. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe Damien ate Lucifer, because yeah. I guess that was one of them too. Jake doesn't know the names of those snakes. <laughs> those poor snakes were. Uh, not handled correctly. I just like how this snake has a more biblical name instead of a more satanic name. Yeah, that is fun. <laughs> I mean, I think we all agree that even though we know that it's it's not the best thing in the world, but the Billionaire Ted stuff is it's, yes. it's fun. It's so fun. I mean, yeah. we talked about it when it came up in the show where it's like, yeah, this is petty and dumb, but it is still incredibly it's great. F- funny. It's like, oh, 
they did a really good SNL skit I mean, for I, only wrestling I can't fans. Literally, I can't say that I didn't disagree with ninety percent of what they said. Mm-hmm. In the yeah, yeah, for sure. But it didn't come off as like it came off as like sore loser, petty shit. All gold dust antics. So good. They were so good. I mean, yeah. he's my MVP for the evening just because of that that character work. It's been like pretty. It's been solid, but he really just like went over the line or at least it like established a new line of what Goldust is and like how far they're willing to take this gimmick and you know the like outside of the fact that it's cringy gay panic stuff it's still done incredibly well I wonder if they count Kane didn't he didn't Isaac throw somebody out yank him um, I don't think so. Did he not? Okay. I couldn't yeah, I, thought, I thought maybe he got somebody out, but he was not in for very long. But then it was more, yeah, that was my thought was, did they count that in his cane counting? or? Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> they definitely didn't count it. Uh, yeah, they made Fatu. Fatu, okay. Okay. That was his only one. All right. Big quiche. How about most disappointing? The title match. It was Diesel. I don't think it was. I don't think it was like the fact po- that Steve yeah. Austin hand slipped and Kama yeah. got to be in the final four instead of the ringmaster. I'm kind of okay with that because yeah, we know I mean he wasn't gonna win fine. it anyways. But but the mostly the because it was well worked. But it's like I didn't. I was confused looking at it. So what are the fuck are the people in the ring in like the arena supposed to think while it's happening yeah. right directly in front of them at least i have some like hindsight and like time passed and i'm still looking at it like scratching my head and it's obviously well worked but it's just like to what to what end and the answer is me scratching my head <laughs> all the three of us scratching our head and like okay i mean i kind of mentioned it just a minute ago but brett's your champion and he's number five on the call sheet yeah, yeah. agreed Mm-hmm. He took the Undertaker to task, and what did he get for it? He gets to go to a cage match with Diesel. Yeah. Woo! Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. A man that he's already pinned, pinned or submitted. Did yeah. he pin him or submitting? I don't even remember. But he had point. he had enough matches with the man already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, he doesn't even deserve Diesel doesn't even deserve to be in a cage with Bret Hart at this point. Mm-hmm. He had his chances and came up with a definitive loss. I mean, it's nothing major because I have no clue who he is anyways, but that whole Omari, they gave us no real info on um, him They didn't at have all. any. It was just, I think, I legitimately Yay think... for inviting him, but give us something. I legitimately think that Dory Funk brought him this is instead my, of it Terry It was probably Funk. supposed to be my Terry, boy. and he was like, uh, I couldn't get Terry, so here's this guy. Yeah. Yeah. His nasty here, yeah. His name ends in E too. If anything, I would have loved to see Hakushi get a, get like, because he was getting crowd reactions in the times we've seen him before, and he even got one here. But it's like, why can't you just push this guy? There was a sign in the crowd that said Brett with two T's, the grease ball heart. Hell yeah! Better Rumble match than last year. Yes, definitely. How about best performer of the night? Starts with the G, ends with a T. There's a D in the middle. At gold, least one. Gold dust. Yeah, I never know if it's gold it's dust. Yeah, it's just one. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's how I always wrote it out. Yeah, I'm I'm totally. I mean, Goldust. Actually, I don't know. I I kind of want to give it to Hunter. Go for it. Because yeah, not a bad one either. Yeah. yeah. I was happy with what Goldust did, but Hunter's first rumble was a, a nice one. Yeah, I, I think I'm going with Goldust as well. I think just the character work, and then getting the victory, yeah. getting the champion. Yeah, it's it was stuff. he was it was smart, scummy heel stuff with a twist on it. Whether that twist is, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether it is what it is or it isn't, it's 1995 and that was the fucking deal. Yeah. But it's still done incredibly well. Always keep them guessing. Mm-hmm. How about most surprising? I didn't. Expect... They called Dory Funk Dory Funk instead of Haas Funk. Oh, nice. True. <laughs> no, I uh, I did not. Ex- I wasn't sure if Gold- if this was where Goldust gets the Intercontinental title because I know that he has had the Intercontinental title. If- uh, a point in time, but I didn't realize it was this early in the run. See, I can and remember when Marlena, sorry, the uh, who? The young woman. Beep it who out, are you talking beep about? Out. Yeah. yeah. The former Miss Alexander. Can you that? I probably can. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. That he got it here. And I think that it was, it would have been like, he's not going to just get the pin. He's the gay panic heel. One, two, three kid coming out because that's still not finished, is uh, a nice touch. And the confusion of people being like, gold dust? More like gay dust, and then he comes out with a fucking mega hottie. And everyone's like, what the hell? And then it ends with him winning the belt, and then licking tongues with her on, like, zoomed in. Their tongues touch outside of their mouths, like fucking, like lizards. It's (laughs) pretty gross and funny, yeah. I was kind of surprised that the Rumble was as good as it was. Because mm-hmm. just after the disappointment of the last couple of years on the Rumble. Yeah. As like, I was watching, I was to, like, you know what? This one to kind of show up was was nice. And it was well booked considering the sm- like smaller or no, or like names that aren't going to get reactions. They placed them well in the middle of the card and never kept any of them in the ring long enough. And they had solid hands like Hunter and Bob Holly to continue like being good in the ring instead of having a bunch of nobodies or old guys or too many people in the ring to where it just turns into like a bunch of people like standing and like fake hitting each other and like whispering in each other's ears like well now what like it it flowed well this is tough i'm trying to think of what surprised me in this i mean it's a little more difficult for me because i've watched it more than a few times over the years i kind of i shouldn't say kind of i totally forgot doug gilbert was in here who would have thought the Black Patriot or Dark Patriot would have been in a rumble and actually got to use his own name? I'm honestly surprised, I guess, that uh, the Smoking Guns kept the belts. Figure you bring in a tag team partner, Sunny is blowing up the way she is, give her boys the belts right off the bat just because one of them is related to Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, if anything. I think that a fun angle would be for her to switch over to the guns and then fuck them over in a double cross. That could be a fun angle because they're obviously hotter than than the body Donna's. And then, so of course, and they, it's teased. That would never happen. Mm-mm. 
Totally, never. I mean, come on, Billy Gunn? Never, ever. Billy Gunn yeah. is incredibly hot as a smoking gun. Bart's not far behind him. <laughs> hmm. Foreshadowing? Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> and, yeah, and Skip and uh, Tom Pritchard just look like Midwestern football coaches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Making their way to the ring! It's trivia time! Okay. Let's do this. Raymond so, Rougeau. Okay. He was in, no, we didn't watch a wrestle. 93 94. No. So this week, the category is pay per feud. We're back and it's time to play the feud. Pay per feud. So I will give you the last five matches of the show. You give me the name and the year of that show. Okay. I will start. You'll get five points if you get it with the first match. Goes down in numbers. Yeah, and you're starting with, uh, you're building up to the main event. Correct. Correct. Okay. I ain't going to be nice and give you the main event. No, I know. <laughs> I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure it's clear to it the easy. listener. I assumed that was the deal. And remember, this is 93 through 94. Okay. So it's going to be 93 or 94. Exactly. Making it real simple so for you on this one. You got two answers. If it was a, uh, you know. So the first match is Team IRS of Erwin R. Scheister, Diesel, the model Rick Martell, and Adam Baum with Harvey Whippleman versus Team Razor of 1-2-3-Kid, Marty Jannetty, Razor Ramon, and a mystery partner. Can I guess? Go for it. Uh, Burnt uh, uh, Survivor Series '93. That is correct. Hey. Well, you said those some of those names that were guys, older guys, Rick Martell, and I was like, there was no Rick Martell in '94. So that was my <laughs> giveaway, and then it was the team thing. So yeah. that was it. I just assumed Shane had this one, but I really needed the points. As soon as I said team, I was like, expecting one of you to buzz in, and just go. Oh, I had to hear who I was on the one team. Of two, yeah, so. well, I, Rick Martell was the giveaway for me where it was 93. But some of the other matches that were on that show, Shawn Michael and his Knights versus the Hart family. The Heavenly Bodies versus the Rock and Roll Express for the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Tag Team Championship. Good match. Uh, team Bam Bam versus the Four Doinks. That was the God. Four Doinks oh. match. And the main event was the Foreign Fanatics Versus the All-Americans. Lex. Uh, That was uh, Lex, Undertaker, Undertaker and and the Steiner Brothers. Damn, seems so long ago. Just a few years. So far away. (laughs) Next week, Monday Night Nitro. From January 22nd, 1996. Day after the Rumble we just talked about. That's correct. Got some shows coming up. Wonder what's going to happen on there. I mean, obviously something if we're covering a Raw. No, this is Nitro. Oh, you said Nitro. Nitro. I heard yeah. Raw in my head because we finished Rumble, so it's Nitro. Something's going. Some sound. Hmm. I'm interested. Music from this week's show is the Royal Rumble opening and Undertaker won our main event. He did, didn't he? Bong. So we played Graveyard Symphony. By Jim Johnston. If you like this episode or any of our other ones, please go out there, rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. 
Do as Michael says. Five stars or no stars. Come on. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns. Recipes, drink ideas. We're going to Vegas, so, I mean, there's lots of drink possibilities there. Nitros in Vegas. Vegas bombs. Caesar's Palace, baby. What, what food Oof. do we got in Vegas? I don't know, but... Assume, is this the everything. first live one? They're all live. I guess, yeah, that's true. They're all live. Don't you remember, <laughs> don't you remember that Austin promo? I do, I do, but it's just crazy that yeah, Caesar's Palace can fly. Well, there's a Clash of the Champions the very next day, so they're doing a two for show. We're not covering the Clash of the Champions. Okay, Okay, good. So the Clash of Champions is in two. I like a good Clash of Champions, but they're not all good. Yeah, a Tuesday Clash of Champions. I don't know how I feel about that one. They're always on weekdays, right? No. A lot of them are. Sometimes, maybe. They're like a special, like a, you know, an extra hour long. Yeah. They were were in your house before in your house. We'll talk about it a little bit when talking about Nitro. But you can send any of that stuff to our email at WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at WrestlingHistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. We'll talk to you next week. Later.